This is the John Oakley Show podcast. It is a great day for talk radio. It's still cool, though, zero degrees. And uh, tomorrow's supposed to get to 14, so uh, things will warm up a little bit. I'm sure they're already heated down there at the legislature. We've heard some of the comments coming forth from the opposition parties, one of whom will join us shortly, Mitzi Hunter. She's, I guess, just digesting what was tabled in the last hour by Vic Fideli, the finance minister. She's the finance critic, by the way, for the Ontario Liberal Party, so we'll gauge reaction from their benches. Are there even benches? I think it's a single bench. I think it might just... All right, it's maybe a a single pew. However, uh, one of the criticisms coming from the opposition seemed to surround the fixation, seeming fixation, I guess, the Ford government has with booze. Uh, Licensed establishments like bars, restaurants, and golf courses can serve alcohol starting at 9 in the morning, which I'm doing the math already. If I tee off at 6.30, one of the first groups out, I'm at the halfway house right around 9 a.m., my back nine is going to suffer this year. I know I, you know, don't like to drink as a rule when you're out there playing. I mean, you hunker down. Then afterwards, of course, 9 a.m., that seems, uh, well, it's early. I guess there are shift workers, though, and they're trying to play to the idea that uh, not one size fits all. And this is part of that populist agenda. Let's find out how Mitzi Hunter feels about this budget. She is, as I say, the finance critic for the Ontario Liberal Party and the MPP for Scarborough Guildwood, weighing in on The Oakley Show. Good afternoon, Mitzi. Good afternoon, John. How I feel about this budget is that it is an illusion. The government is saying that they saved $3.3 billion from a deficit that they actually created themselves by moving around accounting numbers. All right. Well, uh, maybe we can help you lose your illusion. Tell me, though, why you say because they're moving the numbers around, you say? Absolutely. And and also, they're not uh, being transparent on the cuts that are coming. When you look at um, uh, uh, social services, for instance, a billion dollars, it moves from 17 billion to 16 billion. You know, that's cutting uh services that are important to people in this province, and they need to know how that's going to affect them. We know that students have already been uh, experiencing a number of different cuts, whether it's increasing class sizes in uh, secondary and primary years, and also to the OSAP program. For, for young people who are really st- trying to build towards their future, and this budget takes $700 million out of post-secondary at a time when we need to invest in the skills and talents and the futures of our people. All right. Well, they did mention, and this was a while back, though, uh, about the tuition uh, cut of 10%. And then uh, I guess they're going to base the post-secondary sector on uh, performance. What does that mean to you exactly? Well, you know, it's 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 interesting because I was reading that in the budget, and you know, as the former minister, trying to um, to really imagine what this will mean. In, in our schools, uh, in, at our university and college level. And all I could think about, uh, John, was that it's, it's really putting a lot of pressure on those institutions in terms of uh, performance measures and maybe driving them away from a publicly funded uh, system to one that perhaps uh, relies more on private funding. And I'm not sure that that was the intention of our colleges and our universities. The, the, the point of having um, those excellent institutions is so that they can prepare people for the world of work, the changing nature of work, making new discoveries, improving the quality of life of our citizens, 
And I thought that was an investment that we cared about in Ontario. Also, in, you know, not just in the urban centres, but also in rural and northern communities. At the same time, they're removing the requirements for northern um, to have certification at a college or university uh, for internships. And I worry about that because, you know, we want people to get upskilled. We want them to be prepared for um, the world of work. And if, if we're lowering the standard uh, in certain areas just because it's in a northern community, I just think that does us a disservice. Mitzi, let me ask you, because you did allude to your time as the education minister, uh, the government planning to amend legislation to give themselves a the power to address the fact some post-secondary faculty are collecting salaries and pension payments at the same time. That doesn't sound right, does it? Well, you know, we want to make sure that we have, uh, you know, the best people that are educating uh, students and, you know, many of the... Is this what draws the best people? Well, many of the... I was just going to say, John, that many of our colleges and universities, they already have different types of performance-based incentives for for faculty, whether it's uh, feedback from students, um, making sure that uh, people stay on top of their game. You know, when it comes to their compensation package uh-huh. and, um, and and making sure that those uh, packages are consistent with the labor force that you need, um, you know, I think that's something that the government will have to explore. While they're exploring it, they're actually looking at legislation to amend that. Collecting salaries and pension payments at the same time seems like double dipping. Let me move on to other matters, though. I mean, uh, when it comes to health care spending, they say they're going to hike hospital spending by $384 million. That represents a 2% increase in 2019-20. Uh, $267 million more in home care and community care. That's all good stuff, isn't well, it? Well, those are the, the illusions of the numbers. You know, when you looked at our, our last budget, um, you know, we had a 4.6% increase in hospital funding, um, and, and, and the average spending was 4.3%. In this government's budget, it actually has dropped uh, to 1.6%. That does not keep up with the rate of inflation or the, the realities of the demographic trend, which is that we do have an aging population and we need to make sure that people have the supports when they need it. You know, everyone relies on health care um, and particularly when, they're, when they are elderly. So, you know, when we look at the, the, the numbers and we compare them, it's actually taking money out of the system, not a net gain for the system. Again, with Mitzi Hunter, the finance critic for the Ontario Liberal Party, we're drilling down on this budget. By the way, uh, no tax cuts for corporations or individuals mentioned in here. You've got to be happy about that. Well, you know, the, the, the government still wants to deliver on its, uh, on its promise over the course of its mandate. I know that at, at some point it's going to do that. It didn't choose to do that in this budget. The path to balance, Vic Fideli saying five years. So uh, I guess they're anticipating a second mandate. Uh, were you surprised by that timeline? Because some conservatives to whom I've spoken, Anthony Fury was just in here from Post Media News, and uh, he seems somewhat dismayed thinking Doug Ford was elected on uh, to be aggressive on this agenda of reconciling the deficit and maybe putting a damper uh, or cuts into the debt. Uh, now it's a five-year timeline. How do you see it? Well, I, I see it as uh, the government still... Um, moving around numbers. And, you know, this deficit is one in which they created 
to what, put pressure on spending. What do you mean they created the deficit, Mitzi? Hang on just a second. Well, the, the you were in the government the that created the well, deficit. Well, you remember that the provincial controller, um, and I've looked back over 20 years, the provincial controller, the, the chief accountant of the province has always signed off on the government's books, and, and she refused to do that uh, because of um, the, the... All right, we know we're in a deficit situation, though. So we do know we're, we're in a deficit situation, and, uh, and what uh, was presented today is that it's going to take five years to get back to balance. Um, you know, what, what, we, what we're asking ourselves is, where are the needed investments. You know, when you look at um, our spending and our, our what we're uh, per capita spending on health care, for instance, it's the lowest in, in Canada. Um, there are needs that we have in our system, and we don't want people falling through the cracks. There's a lot of change in this budget, and, well, uh, hang on, and we have to see how this is going to impact people. But the anticipation, Mitzi, was that, you know, and the scaremongering coming from, like, the head of OPSU, Smokey Thomas, that there was going to be all kinds, hundreds of millions in cuts, and people would be out on the street and that. He didn't take an axe to this thing and try to uh, slay the deficit dragon in one fell swoop. In fact, uh, to some people's minds, it's a prolonged timeline, well beyond what it should be. Uh, so I, I thought you'd maybe be encouraged at least that he's going slowly on this and uh, being a little more deft and subtle. Well, I mean, there are some programs that uh, that we started and they're continuing with that. And I, I think that's, that's a good thing in terms of providing services where people need them the most. But I also know that behind the numbers, that people are going to feel those cuts. You know, you take a billion dollars out of uh, social services, those are programs that real people rely on, and they're going to feel that. Students are already, you know, feeling the fear. I've talked to students, um, many of them actually, who are really concerned about increasing debt. And these are students who are working hard, you know, really trying to get ahead, and we want them to get ahead. We want them to be, um, you know, productive and contributing and getting into their fields as quickly as possible. Mm. We don't want them to be delayed and saddled with a, a, a mountain of debt. All right. Uh, well, they might also be encouraged to fact that bars and restaurants and golf courses can start serving alcohol at 9 a.m. and uh, they can also advertise happy hour specials that may actually resonate with students just as much. Mitzi, I'll let you go on that note. Thanks for weighing in this afternoon. Thanks so much, John. Okay, Mitzi Hunter, again, finance critic for the Liberal Party. The Oakley Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.